And how many knows the Bible, listen, and I thought, what, what connects with that? And I thought Ezekiel saw, he saw a threshold. And out of that threshold, a river was coming out. And wherever that river went, it brought forth life. That river went even into dead places, and it brought forth life. So look at somebody and say, if you're dead tonight, there's still hope for you. And I'm not talking about physically dead. I mean spiritually dead. If you're mentally dead, emotionally dead, and uh, you know, how many of those you can get drained in a lot of areas, emotionally, mentally, physically, and how many of those God is a restorer? Come on. What did David say? David wrote this in, in the 23rd Psalm. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not lack. I know in the King James it says want, but in the original it says lack. So look at your neighbor and say, you don't have to lack anything. You don't have to, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not lag. Listen to where he leads him. Listen to where he leads him. Listen, I had a friend of mine that was, he's a real, real big college buff. Man, I feel the anointing on me. And uh, uh, y'all better get ready. That's all I got to say. You better get ready. Uh, so uh, he, he's a real big college guy. And he really, he, and when he's watching his team, he'll put on their jersey, you know. He'll, he'll wear the jersey. And so the Lord told him, he was in his office praying, and um, of course he has a television there, and he knew the game was coming on, so he got through his studying and his praying, and the Lord said, uh, uh, open the drawer on the left-hand side. And so he opened the drawer on the left-hand side, and how many, how many believe God, the Holy Ghost can talk to you? He may, sound, he may sound a lot like your voice, but it's him, I promise you. I know some of you still caught up on, yea, doest thou hearest me. You stuck it. But here's, here's, listen, I got, I can't go there. So he opened the drawer and he pulls out this shirt and it says, and he's, I got, I like this. And it says, it says, Stillwater. And that's the name of the team. And he said, Lord, this ain't my team. He said, put the shirt on. Because after he got done praying, he wasn't going to watch the game. He was going to go out and teach a class, a Bible class of about 300 people. And so when he put the shirt on, it said, still water. And he said, Lord, I don't understand this. Why you got me putting this shirt on? He said, because when you walk out in front of those students today, I want you to tell them I'm getting ready to lead them by the side of the still water. Yeah, that one. You understand, he leadeth me beside the, st some of you, somebody in here, somebody in this house is getting ready to be led beside the still waters. You've been in rumbling waters. You've been in troubled waters. You've been in a heartache waters. You've been in, my God, m m emotional waters. But the Lord is sending a word in here tonight saying, I'm getting ready to bring you next to the still waters. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Go. I wish somebody go ahead and preach tonight with me in this house. He leadeth me. He restores my soul. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, do you know what God is about to do in your life? He's about to lead you, and I'm saying that for somebody. That's prophecy for somebody tonight. That's a word that's being released in this atmosphere for somebody. You've been in troubled waters. You've been in hard places. You've been in difficult times, and the Lord is saying, I'm good. I didn't have this plan to preach or say. Praise God, I didn't even want to sweat tonight. Praise God, but it looks like the cat's done out of the bag. The horse is done out the gate let's just go with it let's go with it 
He's getting ready to lead somebody by the still waters. He's getting ready to take somebody out of a troubled position, out of a troubled state of mind and lead them into still waters where your soul will be restored. He's to look at somebody and say, he's the restore. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He was... He, righteousness, come on somebody. Oh yeah. I wish somebody give him some praise right now. Give him some praise right now. Come on. Oh yeah. We're gonna go in three different chapters tonight, three different uh, uh, books of the Bible. And I'm amazed at in, the, in these books of the Bible because these are synoptic gospels. These are, how many knows what synoptic means? It means that they, are, they say things that are, that are um, uh, kind of the same thing, but maybe in just a little bit different way. It's synoptic. It, 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 they come together. They're saying the same thing, but maybe not exactly the same thing, but it's close to what has already been said. But John, the gospel of John's not like that. The Gospel of John is not a synoptic gospel. It doesn't. John, the others start off with genealogies and things like that, like you know who begot who begot who begot who begot, yeah. the stuff you all like to skip, right? right? Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna have to get a, a conveyor belt because nobody wants to sit in the middle and I have to preach to this side or go over here and preach to this side. I'm afraid one side's gonna get mad, you know. I, maybe we have to put all the chairs together in a big circle or something. I just stand in the middle. But, but here's the idea, you understand? So, so John's, John didn't start off it like they did. John started off in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with, with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. Anything that was made was not made without Him. Amen. In Him was the light, and the light was the light of the world. So John starts off that way. John starts going down that, that John starts reaching out into the deeper places. Right? So, so we're going to go in three of the synoptic gospels, and I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead you into something and give you. How many remembers what we talked about about the word life? L I F E, life. Well, we're not going to do that tonight. I'm just telling you. Okay, so go with me first of all to Matthew chapter eight, and I'm going to break this down. Oh, this is so good, and I want to take my time with this. Actually, Phyllis and I, this is her third time hearing this today. And I didn't, I didn't give Frank any on the way to church tonight. I just, this, you know. But look at somebody and say, we'll get out of this tonight if you'll put something in it. So Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 8, and I'm going to start at verse 1 and go on down. Now remember, we're going to read out three different books. Matthew 8, verse 1. And when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper, if I say leper, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou, can make, thou canst make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said unto him, See thou, tell no man, but go thy way, and show thyself unto the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now, let's go to Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter, chapter 1. 
Mark chapter 1, and I think I've got the right marking, and, and we're going we're gonna to just kind of skip through these just a little bit so that we can get to where I want to go. Mark chapter 1, and listen to this, what it says. Mark chapter 1, um, is that what I wrote down? I did. Oh, yes. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion. Everybody say compassion. Now I'm giving you these words for a reason. I'm telling you these words. When I point out a word like that, it's kind of like when the Lord says something twice in the scripture, you need to pay attention to it. Because he's, he's actually trying to get a point across to you. So when I, when I point out these words, I want you to, everybody say compassion one more time. And I'm going to slow it down just a little bit. Now watch this, watch this. And, he, and, he, and, uh, 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 and kneeling down, and he's saying unto him, Lord, if thou wilt, thou, ha- thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And straightly he charged him, and forthwith sent him away. Now, I want you to go to the one that we're going to spend a little bit of time with, and it's over in the Gospel of Luke, cha- chapter 5. Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. Is this all right? Amen. Luke. Cha- so you see how it's synoptic? You see how, how Matthew said it, then Mark said it. Now we're in the Gospel of Luke. And I already told you John didn't, meant, John didn't get into this. So Luke, uh, chapter 5, watch this. Luke, chapter 5, and verse 12. What, this is so good. And I'm reading out of King James, and we could read it out of the Amplified. Um, but here's where it says, um, hmm, 5 and 12. And it came to pass that when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy. Everybody say full. Full of leprosy. Full of leprosy. And it, it's the word, it literally means, this word full, it literally means completely covered completely covered. There wasn't a spot on this man's body that wasn't covered with this leprosy. Let me read on before I get into it. Mm. And it came to pass that when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. I want to stop right there, because I want to break this down so that you can understand what I'm talking about, and what the scripture is literally trying to disclose to us, but oftentimes, like too many times, we're often in a hurry to get through the scripture, get through the word of God, just to get it read. You know, like, well, I read my three chapters today. And how many of you know that, that um, this leprosy, and, and, and Jesus, when he's used the word compassion, this, this word is a tricky word because in English, in the English version of compassion, it means, it means basically it's heartfelt, emotionally stirred, but yet it's, it, it's kind of linked to tolerance, a tolerance, a tolerance of things. 
uh, things that are done wrong, things that shouldn't be done or wouldn't normally be done, but we tolerate. How many know that a lot of times we tolerate bad behavior? We tolerate it. We to so in the English, it kind of it kind of lends itself to that mindset of tolerating things. But then, when you look it up in the in the in the Greek and Hebrew, here's what it is: it's it's tolerance and intolerance together. It's tolerance and intolerance. There are things that the kingdom of heaven tolerate, but there are things that kingdom of heaven won't tolerate. It has intolerance for it. And we in the Western culture have become um, almost apathetic in certain areas that need uh, discipline. And, and one, one, one guy, I, I think it was Matthew Henry, said that, the, that there were some things about the, way back that he said there were things about even the church back then. But how many of those things are literally getting better? I know you're all going, like, well, things ain't better. Well, go back and read the history of 70 AD or AD 70, and you'll find out that things was pretty rough back then. Most of the people, I don't know if you knew this or not, but even, even men at the age of the, 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 the longevity of men living in Jesus' day was usually about 36, 37 years of age, and they would die for various reasons. And if you were a Christian, you even died quicker because there was men that didn't tolerate that kind of mindset. And the children, if, if the parents confess Christ, they would take the children, you can cover your children's ears on this one, but they would take the children and take a hot spear and ram it up from on the backside. You know what I'm talking about. And, and they would raise them up and drip and douse them in oil and use them in, for candles, human candles, in the king's courts. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't read of anybody doing that today. So, I think that we have come a long way, baby. So, and without getting into all of that, but, but uh, you know, if you walk through a lot of graveyards, you will see in the 1800s, this late 1700s, early 1800s, until it started getting in the 1900s, even into the early 1900s, there's a lot of young children that had died early. From birth to two, three years old, even, even a little older, because there wasn't the thing that they have now called antibiotics. And I'm not giving man all the credit, but God gave somebody the knowledge how to invent some stuff. I mean, hello. I mean, and, and get your children better so they don't have to succumb to certain things and to die early. So things have progressed and knowledge is increasing. Daniel said in the last days that knowledge will increase uh, exponentially. That it will increase so fast. And I forgot what I read the other day about how quick knowledge increases. But I don't want to get caught up on that. But I'm just telling you that, that when you think it's over, don't throw in the towel. When you think about giving up, don't give up. When you think about letting up on the gas pedal, don't let up on the gas pedal. Keep pressing forward. Break through because your breakthrough is likely right here in front of you. It's just right there. There is something about to happen there is and i know and god keeps on confirming his word over and over and over again but back to the guy with with um with uh, with uh, uh, um leprosy hello somebody 
And, and here's, what, here's what one of the writers, listen to what this man said not too long ago. A lack of discipline in the local church is like the disease called AIDS. Why? Because infection can randomly kill a whole bottle. Infection. Why? Because it, it, it gets in and without, without correction, without rightly dividing the truth, that, that, that wild thing, that infection can get in there and, and it can kill the whole body of Christ. Hello, somebody. And so one man put it like this. He said, because we are unwilling to walk in the discipline that produces the immune system in the body. Oh, my goodness. The body turns on itself. Lawlessness comes in in many forms. So, and I'm not preaching about, you know, problems in the church. That's not, I'm just giving you the, 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 the kind of the foundation of this. So, if what, so the word compassion, it literally takes in an intolerance and a tolerance. Are you following me now? I haven't lost you yet, have I? Okay. So, so when Jesus looks at this guy and it says he has compassion on him, it's not just saying that, that he looked at him with disdain because he's a leper. He looks at him with compassion and literally Jesus, when it says compassion, he is saying this problem that's on you is intolerable in the kingdom of heaven. This situation that you're in is, is not tolerated where I come from. In other words, disease and sickness and the things that he actually had died for, was whipped for, those things in the kingdom of God are not tolerated. So look at your neighbor and say, if you're sick tonight, that's not tolerated in the kingdom of God. And by the stripes on his back, you're healed. Now, how many knows that he paid a great price for us? He literally did. Now, I know that there's a lot of people that have died and went on. There's a lot of people that have been sick and, and, and went by the way of the grave. But how many knows we all have an appointment? And if Jesus doesn't come, one of these days, all of us, you know, are going to graduate to a higher level. Okay, so you might as well just, it's appointed on the man who wants to die. Now we can make that spiritual and we can make that physical, but in the reality of it, and I look at your neighbor and say, I feel like Brother Wiseman here tonight. Just say goodbye to the enemy. Come on. Or you can go like this, oh, hey, I'm going to let him in again. I would rather say mm, goodbye because my father... My father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Now listen when he says that. Now how many of those he also said all the silver and the gold is his? Come on, come on somebody. That doesn't mean he's limited to silver and gold. That doesn't mean he's limited just to a thousand hills. Well it said a thousand hills, that's all he gets. No, that he's just given you that he's just given you the idea and the understanding that 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 all of that and more is at his disposal. How many members when they came after Jesus and they said, you know, we're going to take your life. He said, you're not taking my life. I'm laying it down. He said, matter of fact, he said, you don't even realize this, but I, he didn't say God. He said, I could call 12 legions of angels and they could wipe all of you all out. They could just take that whole thing tonight. Matter of fact, they could overrun the world right now. 
they could take care of all. If you read back in the Old Testament, it says, it says that he, one angel, one angel was dispatched one night and wiped out an army of 186,000 men. One angel. And it didn't take much effort. They are such mighty beings. But you don't need to go down. Oh, hello, somebody. I wish somebody said, go ahead and preach now. Because it brings it back to us. It brings it back into our court that God is saying, behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. In other words, it's not up to them. It's up to us. The decision is ours. It was made 2,000 years ago for us. We have the ability to walk in that dominion and that power and that might. Somebody say, yes, Lord. So when he's saying compassion, everybody say compassion. He's literally saying the kingdom of heaven doesn't tolerate this kind of stuff down here. I'm here to set the record straight. I'm here to put things straight. I'm here to put things in order. I'm here to put things back like it was before Adam lost it. I'm here to put you in the back in the frame of mind that I had first created back there in the garden. That authority, that dominion. When God gave Adam dominion, he didn't give him religion. This makes religious folks nervous when I say this. But God didn't give him religion. He gave him relationship. He gave him relationship. Now, now this gets into something really good here. Let me just break this down. Mm, this is so good. I don't want to pass anything up that I wrote down. You, you understand that God, if you see God from a certain perspective, or all we ever do, and we have done a disservice to the body of Christ, from just preaching from a one, we've preached with a narrow, a narrow eyeglass. You know, there's binoculars and there's great big binoculars. There's a place down here uh, in Middlesbrough, you can go, I don't know about if they still have it there or not. But when I growed up, you could go up on top of that mountain down there, look, uh, not Lookout Mountain, but you could even go to Lookout Mountain and do this. And they got these big things, I don't know if they call them oculars or whatever, but you can look through them, and you can literally see, like, I don't, you, you don't know, it's not drawn out, but you can see where, like, I think it's like, is it seven states? Seven different states. And, and, but you, don't, you can't distinguish which one, because the trees and all that stuff, you can't distinguish what they are, but you can, you can literally see out there. But if, if that wasn't available, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know, and if it didn't tell, you wouldn't know. The ideal of what I'm trying to say is, is that, oh, this is so good. And I don't want to miss him. This. The, the ideal of it is, is that, that it, if we preach from one side of it, we only give people this, this perception of a one-sided God, okay. uh, of only one side of God. You know, and you, we've done it for years, and I don't mean any, any disrespect for anything because, you know, I still love my, my, my brothers and stuff and all that, still fellowship with them. Most of them. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but the ideal of it is, is that, that, that when you preach that, most of us, now I, this is the way I grew up. I, I, I grew up in Pentecostal church all my life. All, born, raised. The day, the day after I was born, they got two sisters here, they'll verify what I'm telling you. Day after I was born, the night, the night after I was born, that, that next morning, they took me to church. So I've been literally in church all my life. Yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, but most of the preaching I heard growing up was God was mad. 
God was angry. God was upset with me. God was out to get me. And I didn't know the other side. And if I made a mistake, I was afraid to go to him. Because this God that I thought was mad at me anyway was now twice mad at me because I did something wrong. I mean, what can you do wrong when you're eight years old? Well, nowadays you can do a lot of stuff wrong. But the idea of it is, is I always had that perception, God's mad, don't want to say nothing, upset him, don't want to get, don't want to, oh. And I was always with that concept because that's the way, that's the angle that it was preached from. Now, I, I still believe that God is a God that is just, but he's not a capricious God. How many knows what a capricious is? All right, some of y'all are capricious. <laughs> Does anybody here know what capricious is besides me? Besides me? Anybody want to take a stab at it? Capricious is quick to change your mind and have a have a uh, have a negative, hard way of doing things. It's almost like God's got one eye that's kind of good and the other guy that's just evil. Not that he's evil, but he's spying out things, waiting for you to make a mistake. He's coming after you, Chico. He's not. And that's the way that has, it has been, that it literally has been leveled out. So Jesus, and they, and listen, that is not too far removed from what they taught a lot of, even in that time frame. Hello, somebody. And leprosy is, is kind of thought of in a sinful way that it is the judgment of God on a life that is disagreeable with God's laws. Are you following me? And kind of, that's kind of the, what the way that they, they understood that. And, and if you study the scripture, you'll find out that Jesus, that the scripture spent a lot more time dealing with people that were leprous than it did the blind or the deaf, or the dead, or the lame, or those with fevers. There's more talk about Jesus touching lepers, and it goes all the way back. Man, man I, mean, I mean, think about it. It goes all the way back. Remember Naaman came to the prophet Elijah, and he said, you know what, go dip in the Jordan. And he's like, no, not me. I ain't dipping old dirty Jordan. I've been baptizing Jordan River. It didn't look dirty to me, but I didn't. I don't have a microorganism eyeball. I couldn't see everything. It looked clean where I got baptized at. Matter of fact, the place where they baptized me, uh, just down the road is where a lot of people get baptized, and Jesse Steins baptized me there, and we went up the road, and they took us into an area where they say that they don't allow the tourists to go in there, but they say that this is the very spot that Joshua came across the Jordan River that brought the people of God into the promised land. And, and that's where we got in the water there. But it's not only that same spot is the spot where John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And I just thought, yeah. You want to get in the water? Yeah. Is a hog like slop? Let me in. Praise God. Let me root in here. So there, and, and so the idea of it is, 
is so leprosy was seen as sinful, as like a sign of sinfulness. And this leper comes to Jesus. Now, I want to break this down to give you a few pointers that we might have passed up in a few days. My belt just keeps popping out. I'm sorry. Uh, let, let, me, let me see. Where was I at? Verse 12. Now watch it. Are y'all okay? I know I'm giving you a lot of information, but it's okay. You, you, can, you can research. You can go and find out whether I'm right or wrong. You'll find out I'm right. Because I ain't going to give you nothing wrong. Because I'll have to answer for that. And that scares me. Okay. So it says this. And it came to pass that when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy. Everybody say full of leprosy. Now, this, this is indicating that he's full of leprosy, and this lep- leprosy, if you know anything about leprosy, it doesn't grow exponentially. It doesn't grow large and big and cover you up overnight. So it's a thing that is going on for years. It took a long time to get to this level. It took a long time to get to this stage in this guy's life. Likely he'd been everywhere trying to get, get, get help and get deliverance and get healing and get, you know, kind of like the woman with the issue of blood. Oh, man, I got something to tell you, but not yet. Whew. But, but kind of like the woman with the issue of blood, you know, she went everywhere, spent all of her living trying to find something, and she finally decided she's going to try Jesus. I don't know why we wait so long to try Jesus. I, I just don't know. It's human reasoning. We'll run everywhere. We'll do everything. But the Bible says, call for the elders of the church and let them lay hands on you. Come, come on. And I'm telling you the truth. But I, I got one even better than that. Well, years ago, I heard Brother Hall preach it for years and years. And I saw it happen many times. And he would say, there's coming a time down the road. I remember he would go up in Brother Stevens' church and he would preach for years. Oh, there's coming a time down the road where we'll not have to have prayer lines. Uh, while the word of God is going out, people will be healed while they sit there. They'll be delivered while they sit there. They'll be set free while they sit under the canopy of the word of God, if their spirit is open, their mind latches onto it, they'll be healed in so many different ways while they're sitting there. I don't know about you, but I'm foolish enough to just believe what he said that day, those times, because I saw it happen. I saw people jump up and shout, I'm healed, and get up and dance, and cancer, leave their body, go get checked, no cancer in the body. I've watched them with tumors, and things melt away while they're sitting under the anointing of God. Right down here in Berea, I remember one of the first times I was preaching down there and Sister Bessie, praise God, your mother, praise God, uh, sitting on the front seat like she always did or the second pew. And it was in that little storefront building. I watched it. I don't know, Henry, you might have been there. I don't remember. But, but, uh, but, but there was a ball of fire. And I was preaching about David killing Goliath and a ball of fire appeared on the wall. I wish a ball of fire had appeared here tonight. Oh, come on. Oh, there's a ball of fire. Praise God, but you ain't seen it yet. Praise God, and it appeared. It was like a welder's arc, and it was, and it shot down the wall, and I thought I was the only one seeing it, and I thought, whoa, what was that? Boom, and it hit the wall on the back and just shattered all over the back of the church. Didn't touch anybody, and then all of a sudden, this old fellow that was sitting there that had cancer all from his shoulder all down his arm started giving God the glory, had lumps and sores prior to that night there in the beginning of that service, and that he got healed when that ball of fire exploded. Those things dissolved, and his arm became like baby's 
skin. I wish somebody would hear say, do it again, God. Do it again. Is it possible? Oh, yeah, it's possible. Oh, yes, it's very, very possible. And it's not only possible, it's probable. It's probable. What does that mean? It's likely to happen to those that believe. It's likely to unfold for them that will trust him and believe. But this guy was, was covered from head to toe. And watch what it says. Watch what it says here. And it says, And it came to pass that when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, covered from head to toe. Look at somebody say, covered from head to toe. Huh. It says, Who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Capital L O R D, Lord. Lord. What did he do? What happened at that moment? What happened? This guy that had been struggling with this leprosy now, he melts. He melts. And I, I think I mentioned this to somebody here, it's in Henrietta earlier today, earlier back there. And I, I, I repeated it from something I heard years ago. Oftentimes, God, God screams at us. And he, he, he whispers to us in our pleasures and screams at us in our troubles. He's trying to say, I'm here. I'm here. You really need me. So here, here's the idea. This guy's there, and now he falls to his knees, and he says, Lord. Now, you have to be careful when you say Lord because you're saying you are now given control over my life. You are now, I'm now saying that you dominate. I'm now saying, remember what Jesus would, what he said? There'll be many in that day that would say, Lord, 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 Lord. But, and he said, haven't we done all this stuff? But they really hadn't submitted their will and their thinking to him. They did. They were busy doing a lot of stuff, but they hadn't submitted their thinking. But this guy was saying, "Lord, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm willing to submit everything. I'm willing to give everything up. My mind, my thinking, my willpower. I'm willing to give it all up to you because I really need this miracle." Hello, somebody. And 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 it literally, the word, the word um, um, that he was he was uh, full of leprosy is is kind of like replete, replete. And it, it, it literally means covered. Every inch of this guy's body was covered with leprosy. Leprosy is a type of sin. Leprosy is a type of darkness of that stuff that, that gets on the inside. And how many knows sin unchecked or un, uh, that, 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 that is tolerated that goes unchecked begins to take more and more of what's up on the inside? It begins to eat more of you from the inside out. Hello, somebody. How many knows that sin has a price on the end of it? Remember picking up a bowl that, that, that they would cook in years ago, and they would always say, watch out, the price is on the bottom. It looked good on the top, but when you picked it up, whoo, it was hot, right? So the price is on the bottom, and that's kind of the way sin does. Sin gets on the inside, and it feels good. There's pleasure in sin for a season, but then that season comes to an end and it closes off. And before you know it, then there is hell to pay. Then, 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 then the Pied Piper comes and he wants his payment. 
for the enjoyment that you thought you had. And it's usually short-lived. Come on, somebody. So don't give in. Don't let that take up residence in your life. You've got to get to the mindset of Christ and say, there's some things that are intolerable in the kingdom of God. There's some things we just don't let in here. Because I know once I let you in, remember what God said? Remember what God said to, to, to Cain and Abel? And Cain was angry, going to kill his brother. And God looked down and seen his heart, seen Cain's heart. He knew what he was about to do. And he says, hey, buddy, you know, in those certain terms, he says, hey, you, you better get it right because sin crouches at the door. It looks small right now. It looks insignificant. It looks justified right now. Hello, somebody. It looks like it's okay right now. But once it stands up, it's going to be way bigger than you. It's going to overpower you. It's going to overtake you. And you're going to wind up being in a bad position. You need to get this check right here, right now. Come on, somebody. Look at somebody say, don't let anything get between you and what you need from God. Man, I'm about to preach on the house up in here. Praise God. You don't need to let your rebellion, your refusal to see God from another angle, you don't need to let any of that get a precedence in your life or in your mind. You've got to check that stuff at the door. You've got to bring every thought into captivity under the obedience of Christ. Look at somebody say, get my mind under control. Get my thinking under control. Get my attitude because once you get your mind under control, your attitude and everything else will follow behind that. You've got to get your thinking right. Listen, I, you know, I, I know, I know, listen, I know God's trying to move this church forward and there's people sitting here that want us to go backwards. There really is people that want us to go backwards. And I don't mean backwards in time. They want us to go backwards in our worship and our music and our preaching and our teaching. Go, we, we, want, we want that back. No. Can I tell you, you're going to be you're going to be unhappy for a long time because we're not going backwards. We're not going backwards. And, 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 and I, let me warn them, and if they're not here, you can warn them. It could be holding up their breakthrough. It could be holding up their miracle. It could be holding up because God has no pleasure in them that draw back when God's trying to push a body forward, you can't pull back. And if you pull back, you're not, you're resisting what God's wanting to do. Man, I'm giving somebody some good instruction. So it's because look, 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 I, I'm not Homer Stevens. I'm not H. Richard Hall. I'm not, I'm not Tommy Bates. I, I don't like wearing cowboy boots. I, I don't. I, mean, I like, I got, John bought me these boots last Christmas. And I'm just now wearing them. I forgot I had them. They was under the bed. I pulled. I said, "Whose boots are these?" Whose boots are these? <laughs> and she said, "Those are the, those are the boots that John bought you." I'm like, "Oh, I forgot about them." At least that's what she told me. John, if your dad asked you about those boots, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just, but here, you see the idea, and uh, uh, because you cannot, how many knows God is wanting to advance the kingdom? Amen. We've got to start taking charge 
and moving forward. And here this guy is with leprosy. Here this guy is. He's full of leprosy and it took years to get in that condition. Some people are in the shape they're in because it took years to get there. Years of disappointment, years of breakups, years of, 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 of failures, years of all kinds of stuff happening in their life, and stuff gets built up after a while. And in, in the process of getting those things built up in your life, on top of that, if we're not careful, we have this idea that God is sitting on the throne ready to strike us down. And we're not too ready are willing to come to him and confess. I'm about to say something. How many of the Bible says, confess your faults one to another? How many of you go to people and you tell them your faults? We don't have enough confidence in one another even though the Bible, the Word of God, says to do that. And you know why he says to do that? Because, because once you expose something in your life and you bring it to light, it doesn't have control of you anymore. Now, I'm not talking about the silly stuff where people used to call it. They don't do it no more. But people used to call me and say, Brother Dave. I said, yeah, what does God want me to name my dog? I said, dog sounds like a good name to me. Pooch. Puppy. Hello. What color tie should I wear? I'm like, Jesus, help me. Where do these people come from? I don't think God cares if you wear a tie or not. Well, I got quiet on that. I don't, I don't think God cares whether you wear cobble boots, sneakers, a hat. I like that hat you wore in here tonight. I thought it was cool. I like that. And Rose Nazi, yeah. Like but, but, but my point of it is, is I think we worry over stuff that God ain't even looking at. Well, it got tight in here. You have, a, you have a brother that the Bible says, well, I know, but you got to get out of the Old Testament because we're not living under that covenant no more. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I know. I'll, I'll probably get some flack on that. But the reality of it is, is it's the truth because if we were, I wouldn't be up here. I, I'm disqualified. I got freckles, blemishes. You got to have certain physical characteristics. You can't have a crooked nose. Can't have a broke tooth. Can't have a bone that's been broken. You got to have all your hair. Well, there are certain criteria that you have to match up to. Hello, somebody. You can't. Well, man, I might get off that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can't be over fifty. Now, how many knows? I'm forty-nine. I'm close. <laughs> Pastor Dave, every liar is going to have their power in the lake of fire. The ideal of it is, is a lot of stuff that we grab onto and we grab it. It's stuff that we have been taught to look at from a certain perspective. And we look at people 
that we think, watch this, that we think God recoils when they present themselves to him. There are certain people that we think that God can't forgive, that God won't forgive, that God can't readily just cleanse their sins because that's the way we've thought. Now, there is a way that we should not, once we're born again, we should not live in a sinful lifestyle. Matter of fact, if you're truly born again, you won't want to live in a sinful lifestyle. You will abstain from the very appearance of evil. You won't go near it. You won't get next to it. You won't like it. You won't tolerate it. Because there are some things that are just not tolerated in the kingdom of God. There's some things we just won't put up with. There's some things that go in our spirit. We go like, nope, I can't go there. I can't do that. Can't, can't allow that. Hello, somebody. I wish somebody go ahead and preach with me. Look at somebody and say, there's some things I just can't let in my ears. There's some things, and gossip is one of them, main things. There's people in church that will fight you over listening to a love song, but they won't say anything about Sister Gabigail calling them on the phone and talking to them about somebody else in the church. You didn't know I was going to say that, did you? Well, I didn't either. <laughs> hey, confess your faults. So if we confess, the Bible says confess your faults one to another. Because that brings us to a point that we can, that we can literally get free from that. Because once you bring it to light, it's not hidden in your life anymore. It's not something that you're hiding behind. And it's not something that you're, you know, and... and and it's, it's such a, that's a, a, such a tough, touchy subject because, and part of that is because we, we've learned over the years that, that we don't trust one another enough to confess your faults one to another. Because we are, we're hard pressed to believe that if your brother be overtaken in a fault, you that are spiritual, restore the one in the spirit of meekness. Hello, somebody. Boy, Pastor Dave is really getting on tonight. Yeah, because the Lord is trying to prepare his body not for just his return, but to get the job done. To be a light to others. Because there, there's, people, there's people right here, there's people in this assembly that I know, I know that, I, listen, I've never heard them say stuff about anybody else. I've never heard them talk negative about people. Henrietta is one of them. I've never heard her say anything about anybody. Honestly, you know, and you know how Henrietta won't hardly give you a chance. Church over, she's out the door. And that's why she ain't got no friends. No, I'm just, I'm kidding, I'm kidding with you. Don't get mad at me. I'm just messing. Listen, because you know the Bible says, he that wants friends, show himself friendly. But everybody don't want friends. I got a few, but I don't want a bunch. She's saying me? She gave me her unicorn a while ago, and I was holding it. And she said, watch out, he bites. <laughs> and she went, Rawr, like that. And I went, oh. <laughs> so here, here's the idea. Um, now, you've got to understand that there are things that God puts in your hands. He puts it in, in your court for you to take care of it. So when this leper 
who is a symbolic of sin, full, replete, covered, every inch of his body covered. And how many knows that we too have been those people that have been covered with sin, head to toe? I mean, I was immersed in it. When I was, look, look, I'm going to tell you something right now. Your pastor does not wear a cape. I'm not a super preacher. I'm not the guy that never caused any problems. I'm the guy that would go to rock concerts and cause riots to happen. That's me. I'm the guy that started riots in his school. That's me. I'm the guy that after I quit school, after I got out of school, that I still got in trouble. That's me. And I still get in trouble every now and then. That's me. I've gotten in trouble with some of y'all. That's me. There's been times I've wanted to... They asked... Y'all know Billy Graham, don't you? They went to his... They went to the library, and in the library, one of the preachers asked Billy Graham's wife, and said, out of all the years, 50-some years of your marriage and ministry, and all those years of being married, probably more than that, said... How often did you did you the word divorce ever come up? She stood there for a minute and she was a lady full of grace and she said, "Divorce? No. Murder? Yes." <laughs> and I thought, man, if Billy Graham's wife thinks about murdering somebody, like old Billy, who am I? I'm not too far removed from that. I thought about killing some of y'all a few times. <laughs> Not as much as you thought about killing me, though. <laughs> but the ideal of it is, is I don't wear a cape, and I haven't seen any here, really. Amen. So we're all kind of in that same boat, and we realize that God has brought us from a, a, a bad place. Woo! We, too, were covered head to toe at one time. With mistakes and misery. And this gets down, ooh, I could wait to get to this part of it. This gets down to the, to the nut in the shell. I'm not the nut in the pulpit. This gets down to the meat of the situation. When he asked Jesus, listen to what he says to him. Let me read this again. And when they had, let me, let me read it. And, and behold, the man full of leprosy, replete with, 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 with years of, of overextended leprosy that's representative of sin in his life. No doubt that this guy, like some of us, growed up hearing God is mad. God's angry at you. God is going to take vengeance on you, and that's why you're in the condition you're in. Hello, somebody. Oh, Lord. And this guy, he falls to his knees. He falls down, and he says, Lord. He's literally saying, everything that I have been, everything that I ever hoped to achieve, I'm now surrendering everything to you. I am all yours. Mind, heart, soul, spirit, whatever you say, I'll do it. And then he asks the big question. He asks the major question. He said, listen to what he says. He says, Lord, if thou wilt, you can make me clean. 
if you will, if thou wilt. The word wilt here is not like a wilting flower. The word wilt here is the word that literally means, it's, it's almost as if, do, 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 did you catch what I told you today, Phyllis? Do, do you remember what I told you? Okay, let it out. Now, how does that work? Come on. Yeah, you're getting close. Let me just go ahead. The, the word wilt is the, is the Greek word philo. Philo. And it, and it literally is almost like Phyllis is saying, and it's literally saying he was asking to have in mind, to have in mind, to take pleasure, to delight in something. And it, all of that equals out to love. It, when, when he said, if thou wilt, if, if you have in mind, if you have in mind, if you, if you take any pleasure in me at all, if you have if you look at me as different from what religion has said, if you are looking at me from a different perspective, because I'm already down to myself. Because number one, I think I'm, I'm the least. I think I'm terrible. Number two, I th I'm already with the conclusion that you're already mad at me. That you already dis disdain me. That you already have no pleasure in me whatsoever. That's, that's what he's saying. That, that's what this guy's saying. And he says when that word wilt is the word fail, and, and, and it's literally saying that. It's literally, that's what it means in their language. If you, take if you have any pleasure in me, if, if, you can, if you have any good thoughts about me, if you have, oh, hello, somebody. And how many knows that religion has made it hard for people to come to God because people already have a preconceived ideal that God's mad at you already. And we know that, that according to John 3, 16, 17, that those that reject him, he doesn't have to condemn because they're condemned already. That's what he said in his word. He don't have to send them to hell. They're sending themselves to hell. Come on, come on, preach with me. That, that, that he don't have to condemn them, they're already condemned. That's what he said in John 3, 17 and 18, that, that, that I've come not to the world to condemn it, but the world through, through him, what, might be? Uh, Y'all act like you don't even know what I'm talking about. But the world through him might be? Didn't I tell you all ago that, that Firkins and all those guys' churches aren't so much the, them being magical preachers. It's part of what they, 90% of how they, how they interact with what's being said and done in the church. So you, the way you respond, hello, says a lot. So here's the idea. I'm giving you some stuff now. So, so here's what it's saying. That when he said, Lord, I bow to you, I'm surrendering all to you. And if you will, if you have, now listen, everybody say, everybody say, wilt. Wilt, W-I-L-T. That's what it says in your King James. And this, this word in Greek is philo, 
philo, to have in mind, to take pleasure or to delight in, which equals out to the culmination of all the expressions wrapped up in one says love. If you, and and he's, a, he's a leper. Jesus, this guy isn't even supposed to be within 300 paces of anybody else, let alone bowing before them. This guy is already out of, he's already breaking law. He's already breaking religious laws, ritual, cleansing laws. He's already broke that. And he's bowed before Jesus said, you know what? If you have any good thoughts toward me, if you delight in me whatsoever, I know I'm ugly to look at and I know I'm just got all these ugly sores all of me and my, some of my stuff might be gone, ears might be gone, nose might be gone, lips might be gone, fingers might be gone. Who knows? But he's ready for God. He's ready for this one they call Messiah to touch him. And he said, if you have, if you have any of the things, in other words, if you have any kindness in you, if there's any love in there, if there's really the stuff that I've heard that you are other than what the religion has said you are, then if you have any of that, if thou wilt, somebody say thou wilt, thou wilt, listen to this, thou wilt and thou canst make me clean. God not only can heal you, God not only can deliver you, God wants to deliver you. Oh, come on. Come on, somebody. I mean, if we could just get somebody to step out of the boat where everybody's been comfortable and get you to walking in that place where we understand God not only can do it, he wants to do it. What kind of mentality would we walk out of here with? What kind of faith? That goes beyond just believing. That goes into that realm of, praise God, walking from the chronos into the kairos to where God says they stepped out of the ordinary into the supernatural and now things that can happen praise God that normally would have never taken place God is waiting on somebody to step out of the boat and say it not only can it's not only possible it's probable that in the name of Jesus all these devils are defeated already because he took care of it on the cross and gave you the authority and the dominion and the might behold I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. I wish somebody would give God some glory in this house tonight. Oh! We have put so many limitations on the power of God. The availability of God wanting to get it done. The availability of God wanting to secure you in a place Till a hundred-year-old pastor, when he called me on the phone and said, you got to come up here and preach. I said, had him on speakerphone. My wife sitting across the room, I said, I'm not feeling good, brother. I don't think I'll come. He said, what? Gruff old German. He said, what did you just say? I said, you know, then I kind of, oh, what? What's, what's he mad about? He said, you don't say you're sick. He said, you know, the Bible said that. I said, well, I think so. And I'm questioning myself. I think so. He said, it said, I believe it's Isaiah, he said, thou shalt not say I'm sick. I said, when do you want me there? Two days later, I was standing in his church preaching. Not sick. Not sick. Not sick. I was sitting in his living room. We went out and had lunch. 
If you ever rode with him, you was prayed through time you got there. He was 98 years old, and he'd take shortcuts. Brother Hall told me one time, I said, Brother Hall, you're going over a curb. And he said, when you get my age, son, take all the shortcuts you can. But Chad, he drove over mediums, down through the grass, up into the parking lot. He didn't go through the driveway. He made his own driveway. I was prayed through the time I got in there. He scared me so bad, I reached out. I would have never done this. I reached out and grabbed his steering wheel. I thought, he's stroking out. There's something happening to him. He looked at me like, what are you doing? Nothing. I just, I was out of my mind for a minute there. You go ahead and drive, Pastor Shad. We were sitting in his living room. Am I telling the truth? We were sitting in his living room, and his wife said, and she said, I think I need to go to the hospital. Could you check my pulse? She knew I worked years for the ambulance service. I said, yeah, I checked your pulse, and it was like, oh, she needs to go to the hospital, Shad. He said, oh, she'll be all right. I didn't let him hear that part, but I did whisper that. Don't look. Phyllis, we need to go. Because I thought I was going to be doing CPR on her. I said, I tell the truth, I tell the truth. <laughs> My faith wasn't up there where his was at that moment. And, I, and, and lo and behold, she's fine. She's in church at night, dancing all over the building. We went to one of their meetings that they had. What was it called? Other than me and Phyllis. Remember? I'm not kidding you. You remember? They had flags. They had dance teams. They were 100 years old up there. Yay! flags around. Not a, and they come over to get Phyllis. Come on, girl, shout with us. It's like, oh, my hips hurting. <laughs> she did. They come in there and had their poodles in them little carriers. I mean, they were. I mean, it was really unorthodox. Everything that we've been taught about church, they did it, but opposite. I mean, when you, they would want to say something, Big, big room, big conference room. They would holler out across the building. Dance team. And they would dance for an hour. Am I telling the truth, Phyllis? Oh, Lord Jesus. And they were freaking me out. I, I thought, you know, where they got abducted by aliens and got, they were old, but they got rejuvenated. And I thought, these people are the spitting image of that movie. And they had energy that I didn't have. And they said, could you sing that song? And then they started saying things like the sword of Gideon and the sword of David Hansel. Then I started like, my chest is getting big then. I'm like, man, these people, and so help me. They praised God for hours, hours and hours and hours. Hello, somebody. Pat, Chad's still living as far as I know. He must be 105 by now. Well, I hope you get more of a clap like that if you make it to 105. Hey, you get there, and I'm just going, yeah, well. Listen, so this leper, this leper was crying out to Jesus, saying, if thou wilt. Yes. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Listen to this. Listen to this. I'm, I'm coming to a close. I'm going to wrap it up. We'll come back tomorrow night. Okay? And, and listen to this. This word, this word. Mm. Oh, this is so good. If God, listen, we have to understand. Is that my phone? Uh, can you turn off? Did you turn off? Okay. Sorry, I'm, chaplain for the fire department and EMS. And 
that stays on sometimes. Forget it. But anyway, the we have a problem. Listen, how many of you knows what he said about the sparrow? That he knows when a sparrow falls. He knows when a sparrow. If God has that kind of heart towards a sparrow, what makes you think that God doesn't have that kind of heart towards you? That God wouldn't help you. That God wouldn't deliver you. That God wouldn't save you. That God wouldn't forgive you. We have, we have been, we've wrestled with that for years because all of us, I mean, I don't know any Christian that doesn't believe that God can, but we all wrestle with, will he? Will, how many ever made mistakes and you ask God to forgive you? But you wrestle with, at least through the night, I know I have, has he really forgiven me? Am I really forgiven? And the answer is a resounding yes, because he will. He will. Look at somebody and say, he will. And how many of you will confess he has? Over and over and over and over and over again in our life, in our walk with God. He has, he has taken care of our shortcomings over and over and over and over again. Now, we don't want to admit that we have shortcomings, but the reality of it is I'm not wearing a cape, and I don't know, I don't know, and I know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of preachers all over this country and around the world, and I don't know any of them that are wearing a cape. None of them. None. I think very, and I don't think, listen, I, there's some, I know mistakes they've made, and I don't think any less of them today as I did the day I met them. None less. The ones that make me upset are the ones that try to wear the cape. And I know they're not worthy to wear a cape. But they've been forgiven just like you and I. Come on, somebody. Uh, look, look, I'm not picking on, on it, but I'm trying to bring this to a conclusion here so that we can get this, this, this understanding. If thou wilt. Somebody say wilt. Philo, 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 philo. If you have in mind to take pleasure or to be in pleasure or to delight or to love me. Lord, I surrender all. Lord, do you have any, any ability? Do, do, do you know, listen, do, do you know that the Bible speaks more of the kindness, K-I-N-D-E-S-S, -S, the kindness of God than he does the authority of God? Do you realize that? He speaks more of the kindness of and he does his authority. What, 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 what is it that what is it that Paul said in Romans? What is it that he says that brings you into salvation? Metanoia. What is it? And all of us have been replete, covered completely. And it, some of us are, have been worse than others. And I, I, like Paul, think I've been the chief among sinners. I, 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 you know, boys, we, sometimes we get together and we talk about stuff we did in our past, and it's not that we're gloating in that. We're just trying, like, I'm, I was worse than you were. No, I was worse than you were. And to be honest, boys, I think Rosie was worse than both of us. <laughs> and I'm just kidding, Rose. <laughs> and, and, and Rob, you know, Rob coming in down there to a storefront building, you know, atheist, atheist. Ask him, atheist, didn't believe in God. 
heroin addict, shooting up. Hello, somebody. I mean, why would God save somebody like that? Well, I mean, why? Coming in there thinking, falling out, falling out, falling out, and thinking we're putting stuff through the air vents to make him fall out, putting stuff under the rug to shock him into submission. Henrietta might have done that at home, but we didn't do it at church. Are you don't kidding. But you did think that. Ask him, he'll tell you. I, and I look with amazement. I look like, God, look what you did. Look what you did. People coming in and sitting in with alcohol still on their breath. People coming in and making their way, sitting on the front seat with alcohol in their breath. Eyes sagging down because they smoke too many joints before they come in. Can't even, can't even think straight. Dragging their feet. Come on, somebody. And we think that God recoils his love when he sees somebody like that. That, that, that God, you can be replete. You can be totally covered. It doesn't scare him. It doesn't scare him. So when we see people like that, it shouldn't scare us. We should say, man, look at that opportunity. Uh, look, 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 what, look what God can do. Look what God can do. I'm trying to charge your battery tonight so that when you look at people that, that, that we think that God turns the, shuts the door on, look back over here at this leper and says, if you can find the love, if you can find a good thought, if you can find, if, you, if there's anywhere in me that you could take pleasure in anywhere, then I ask you, I know you can, but will you? And Jesus didn't need another invitation. The very next verse says, uh, and he put forth his hand, and he touched him. But it doesn't even say he said anything to him. He touched him first. Touched him. Touched him. I want you to look at this word. The Holy Ghost had me, and I, when I read that, it touched him. I thought, wow. And the Holy Ghost said, look that up. And I looked, man, and it's the word hoptomai. Hoptimai, and it's, it's that word hoptimai is 36 times in the New Testament. 32 times it's talking about Jesus reaching his hand out and touching somebody. 32 different times. There's 37 miracles that Jesus did that's recorded. And I know the Bible says, and, and it cannot be recorded all the things that he'd done, but they recorded 37 of them. Are, are you following me? So literally, and I'm, I'm, I'm just wanting to just drive this in so that this, the hop, everybody say, hope to my, hope to my. And it means, oh, this is so good, Rose. This is so good. It means that when he reached out and touched him, he wasn't, he wasn't just touching him in, in, a, in a, Phyllis, you got that baby. Give it back to John for a second. You got it. Run over here to me real quick. Here, here, here's, what, here's, what, here's what it means. Hop to mind. Here's what it means. It means that when Jesus reached out to touch him, he didn't just like, just like, like, oh, ugh, oh, no. That, that's not what I mean. Hop to mind means this, that Jesus became one with him. He became one with him. Come on. And if you look the word up, the word, the word literally means, and we've been preaching this, the word literally means he became, he became marriagely, I don't know how to even put it, intimate with him. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like that they became one in that most intimate moment. Did, 
he didn't reject him. He became one with him. When he reaches out, when he reaches out to touch that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, that, that heroin addict, that drunk, that alcoholic, that, that, that murderer, hello somebody, and, and we still we run around still, and still, come here Philly, sit with me, and still the church has not got that kind of love in it yet. And still the church will pray for them. They'll pr will pray for them, but they belong in jail. Wait a minute. What the kind of love that he's talking about here is that we could go and lay hands on the guy. This is going to get deep. The guy that murdered or raped somebody and let them bounce your child on their lead. Oh, to feel how quiet it got right now. 